0: Welcome, everyone, to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca, and on today's episode, I'm going to talk about ICW Fears and Loathing, uh, number 14. Uh, this took place in November of 2022, and it recently just was posted on uh, uh, the Peacock Network on the WWE Network, and it's been a while since I checked in on ICW, and I wanted to see what was going on, see how how some of my favorites of the company are doing, and um and this because this is their big show of the year. I thought, oh, this would be perfect to cover for the Take It Home podcast. And there's some good, some bad, some ugly, um, a lot of really bad booking uh, mistakes, in my opinion. Um, uh, a lot of matches. I was when I saw you know the feature matches on when they were kind of going over what was some of the feature matches on the show. I thought, well, man, this looks like it's going to be... Oh, that match looks good. That match looks good. So I was really excited. But some matches kind of just didn't live up to their potential. So we'll get into that um, as we go along here. Uh, The first match was a a ladder match, a six-way ladder match. Number one contender for the Zero-G Championship, which is like their X Division Championship, basically. Um, And this match was, you know... A big cluster <laughs> it really was say so you had a 16 by 16 ring and an eight foot ladder you have six guys out there flying all over the place and some stuff some stuff looked cool some stuff man, didn't look good at all the finish got flubbed up when Sakee Bali won the um the the match and won the no more contendership um uh, it was uh and also in the match, excuse me, I forgot to tell who was all in this match: Che Monet, Levi, Luke Cairo, Sheik Al Sham, and Thatcher Wright. Um, like it's like everything you see on the on these matches with you know multi multi man ladder matches when it's done on the independent level, um, you just get a mess, and this is what it was. And it's you know really I like I like Sheik Sheik Al Sham a lot. I think that guy has a, a world of potential, and like I just it's kind of. Bun me out to see him just stuck in this, this match like this. And I brought this, this guy deserves a feature match, right? Look at his look, look at his, his work. I mean, this guy, you know, you know, he's like what, six foot four. And he just looks great. And, and like I said, his work is good too. So I would love to see Sheik Shan. I would have put him against either probably Thatcher Wright. Cause look at Thatcher Wright, how he was, you know, he came out and, you know, had some definitions on his chest and shoulders. And he's a guy I never really paid attention to before, but he looked pretty good. Uh I was getting his body there. And, and uh, that was good to see. You know, like, again, this is a cosmetic business, guys. And I know you're probably thinking, oh, well, it's just jump the rock. John, you're probably just, wait, he wants, wants everyone to do steroids, wants everyone to be big and massive, blah, blah, blah. wants to be the 80s again. I mean, I do want to be the 80s again because that was a great time. But, like, <laughs> but I. <laughs> I just want you to look like an athlete. I want you to look like, you know, people don't want to tune in to professional wrestling and see their next door neighbor out there. They don't want to see a guy that looks like who should be bagging groceries at the Spartan final, right? Like they want to see someone that they want to suspend their belief and see someone that's going to, you know, they can root for They can believe it's going to win. They believe that it's going to be tough. Uh, And, you know, a lot, honestly, a lot of the guys in ICW just don't have that look. There, there's a lot of guys that are long and lanky and no muscle definition, and and I'm sorry, but like, you know, you're you don't want people to be like when you say, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" and you say, "I'm a professional wrestler," and they take a step back and look at you like, "Like, really?" You don't want that reaction, and if. <laughs> If you get that reaction, there's something wrong. You gotta change it up, right? Like I remember at the Cauliflower Alley Club uh, um, here in Vegas, or not, I don't live in Vegas. I live in San Barbara, California. But when we in in Las Vegas, they had a Cauliflower Club every year. I remember we would go almost every year. It's been a while since I've been. I want to go back. Um, and you know, one of my guys at APW, Kafu Santos, who eventually. Got signed to the WWE, and, and uh, it was just in a developmental program. Never, he kind of got fed up with some of the stuff there. But, anyways, he had an amazing look. He's uh, he just just looked like a monster, and he just he was just you know long hair, and um, at this you know just he just stands out. And we're all in the we're all in the the elevator, and the couple comes in. The guy looks at Kafu, and he goes, he goes, man. You look like someone. You look like you're someone important. What do you do? And Kafka goes, "I'm a pro wrestler, bro." And the guy's like, "Yeah, I thought so, man. I thought you looked like you know a fighter or something, like." And, and if you don't get that reaction from someone, if if you know if they're like looking you up and down, like you really do pro wrestling, that's a problem. And listen again, this this show is on Peacock. This show is on the WWE network, right? So you want to put your best foot forward. You want to hit the gym. You want you want to look like someone instead of, you know, not only is it you're trying to impress the WWE, but there's AW. there's other promotions out there. Uh uh, uh Impact Wrestling, you know, like you want to get noticed. Um and if you don't have the look or stand out, they're just going to skip you. So Again, this match ladder match cluster. It was what it was, and and uh, you know I kind of had honestly fast forward a lot of it because I already knew what I was going to get here. Match number two, tag team championship match. KoE defeated Glasgow Grindhouse, which is Krieger and Lou King Sharp. Um, KoE's a brother tag team, good athletes, good look. Uh, still young, still green, but world of potential. Um, unfortunately, this match had no real structure to it. It was kind of a kind of a mess too. going too fast doing too much um they should have simplified things i mean kept it very simple uh but they didn't and it just got a little cluttery and uh with uh, you know the finish got kind of messed messed up and it just wasn't that a a big win it wasn't that as magical moment for ko as it should have been winning the tag team championship but they are a, a good young team. I'm looking forward to them and future matches, and I wanted to see them work with more veteran talent and someone they can really learn from out there and and um, and help guide them and you know help control the pace of the match and help them with the pacing of the match and build to the hot tag and do a correct hot tag. Um, I definitely would like to see that from them, and and I don't know if there's a lot of people out there that could you know, do that, work with them like that. But, you know, if I'm ICW, I'll invest in some veteran guys or, or, or veteran tag teams to work with these guys and help get them uh, help get them up to speed in the ring because I think they have a world of potential. Match number three, a uh, match I was really looking forward to, but it was really kind of a disappointment, it was uh, Jason Reed pinning Andy Wilde uh pinned him with a pedigree on a chair right in front of the referee Uh, one of my frustrations with icw is the fact that um you there's no rules basically you can use a chair you can use a ladder you can do whatever you want from the referee and and it doesn't matter and there's no heat there when you do that for the heel right and then they do stuff where a wrestler's trying to hide something from the referee or it's like why why do you need to distract a referee when it's illegal to hit someone with any kind of blunt object you got, right? So it's just really frustrating here. Like like the Jason Reed's manager, coach trip, end up hitting Annie Wild right in the head with a chair, right in front of the referee. No, you know, not no disqualification, no nothing match continues. <laughs> just no no heat. And um, you know, I like both these guys a lot. Jason Reed, I think, is one of the better young wrestlers out there. Great look, kind of has that uh Randy Orton vibe and presence to him, the way he carries himself. It's just he's just gonna get better. Uh he can tell that this kid wants it, wants to be a big star. Um uh, I like that he wants to be a true heel out there. You know, like he's out there to you know, he's not trying to get people to pop. This is awesome. He's trying to get people to be emotionally into his matches. Same thing with Andy Wild. He's a he's a good, good quality wrestler. And he's, I enjoyed his matches in NXT UK when he appeared on that show. Uh, he's the one that I, I the reason why I decided to check out ICW because I you know I noticed that he was on these cards and uh, like I said, I enjoyed his work in NXT UK. So I wanted to see how he was outside of that and very good. Uh, he lost this match, and after the match, there's a story where he just was crying and upset and um, basically on himself. So, he ends up saying, I'm done and leaving, and um, I believe he just dropped the Andy Wild, uh, the Wild last name, and I believe it's Andy Roberts, if I remember correctly. So, um, I'm definitely going to check out more ICW television um post this show here to kind of see where the storylines were going and 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 I want to see what was I was curious what was next with his character there match number four is uh, ICW Women's Championship match uh, Molly uh, Molly Spartan the champion defending against Casey uh, Molly Spartan and Casey were former tag team partners of the She-Wolves they were the they were the top heel heel two heel T- uh, tag team in the women's division. Um, Molly Spartan before the uh, before the match, she had a backstage promo and it was really good, very emotional. This is a big match for her. This is the student wrestling fighting the teacher. This is you know she knows it's going to be a war. She knows she has to do everything she can to you know take out Casey to retain the title. It's just a really weight heavy on her, right? And she was so great in this promo, showing so many different emotions and, you know, uh, different levels to the promo. You know, she's in tears. She's firing up. It was was great stuff, man. She's such a talent. I love Molly Spartan. Uh, This match was was hard hitting, but things got a little rough uh, in the middle with some miscommunication. Um, Casey hit... A penalty kick which is one of her big moves but spartan kicked out the old shock face oh my god how could she kick out of the finisher uh, um uh frustrated, uh casey got the title belt hit spartan with it spartan kicked out again oh my god how could she do it oh my god why isn't there a disqualification right in front of the referee when he got hit with the belt <laughs> oh my goodness gracious and uh but finally molly spartan won with the powerbomb and spear and they hugged it out They're back together. Mutual respect is restored and you know, blah, blah, blah. So, um, you know, I thought to me, this at this point was probably the best match, you know, i I saw so far on the card and, you know, I'm always watching that Molly Spartan match. I think she's going to be a big star. I think she should be in the WWE now. I think she should be, um, um, you know, she could be easily in AEW now, um, uh, she's a talent she could talk she has the presence she has a look um she, i just i like when she comes out for entrance and she's like staring at that into the the camera and like she's just focused and ready to kick ass i love it i feel it um she gets the ring she does her her, tra- her, her trademark little pose she does but it's like so intense and you're like yeah yeah i want to see her kick some ass so big fan of Molly Spartan, and hopefully when NXT U- uh, Europe, excuse me, uh, starts going, I uh, really hope it does, because I miss NXT UK a lot, as you all know, I definitely hope Molly Spartan is one of those people that they uh, they sign uh, for that brand. Up next was a, uh, a promo from Aaron Echo, and I nearly fast-forwarded it, but I was like, you know, I want to see this guy can talk, because I've, you know, honestly... I wasn't really impressed with Aaron echo on the previous ICW shows I watched. And I'm glad I decided to listen to this promo. Cause it was a really good promo tense. Um, it was so good. I was like, man, I have to watch this match and I have to watch his match with Chris Bungard, MA fighter that was scheduled for this show, but I guess got postponed to a later date. Cause, uh, Chris Bungard has some M- MMA, uh, uh, responsibilities that he had to, had to take care of. So, um, this ended up being a mystery opponent for Aaron Echo and that mystery opponent was Rampage Brown um, uh, a guy I really like you know great look throwback kind of tough guy Um and I believe this from cagematch.com I was kind of looking up to see if Rampage Brown when he came back but this was his first match back I believe since he suffered that concussion against Elia Dragunov on NXT UK in the fall of 2021 so he was out for a very long time. A lot of people were very concerned about him and if he was ever going to return. And so it's really cool to see Rampage Brown back. And I hope he's got you know whatever issues cleared up and he's able to kind of come back full time. And um, you know he came in and he looked good. I thought you know a little heavier than last time we saw him in NXT uh, UK, but that's fine. He's getting back out there. Um, hopefully he'll just he'll shred those pounds and and you know, trim up like he did in NXT UK. Uh, Aaron Echo won, uh, pinning Rampage clean in the middle. A lot of people were uh, shocked by that in the audience, but it was a, the correct booking decision because Aaron Echo has that upcoming match with uh, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Bungard, excuse me. Uh, and and probably, probably at square go, I'm guessing is when it's going to happen uh and so you know rampage Brown's just getting back out there him losing doesn't really hurt him and it makes sense that he's been out for so long and and he would lose you know on his first match back it's you know so usually you want the surprise usually the win it's kind of like a like a a little rule but you know to to me, you got to go with what you are building to, and you've been, you know. So Aaron Echo went over, and like I said, it was a fun, hard hitting match that I that I really uh, really enjoyed. So um, definitely want to watch more of Aaron Echo's matches in the future now because I, I just kind of wish he would change his look. He's tall; he's not as lanky as Sakib Ali or or ADM um, or a few other guys in this promotion. Like he has some some meat to him, you know, he's, he's thicker than those guys. I just wish he dropped the polo shirt. He had, like I don't mind the jeans, you right. But drop the polo shirt. I don't know. <laughs> it's just the, you know, like he's not as tall as uh big Bill Morrissey and AE, AEW, but you know, that should be kind of, he wants to go to, you know, you know, I, I'm not saying get that massive, but you know, Add some muscle to your frame. I look a little more physically imposing because you have the promo, you have the intensity. The work was good. You know, I I think let's let's, let's step this up to be uh, more major league, yeah. And I think he'll get more more opportunities from uh, WWE or AEW or, or and he'll, and uh, just in the European scene in general if he just ups his look up there. The next match was the King of Insanity match. Jack Jester defeated BT Gunn for apparently the King of Insanity title. It's a it's like a deathmatch title. Like, or as I mentioned before, ICW very heavily influenced by ECW slash FMW, Wing, etc. Like the garbage stuff. Um, um, these guys are, are... I've seen them in regular matches and I, I prefer their matches outside this this garbage stuff but you know especially BT Gun who I've seen had good matches but this match went forever and of course all the weapons you know the barbed wire various other different stuff glass I think was used and you know blood was flowing um Jack Jester you know obviously you know gigging himself right in the middle there like you know, he's not he's not a match of the blade you know and he, it just just clear as day. I guess you know, see what he's doing. Um, it just, just, just nonsense to me. Like in, I saw ladders already. I saw chairs. And I saw this. You know. Oh, but you well, had to throw some. I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. Honestly, it's not my style of wrestling. Um, I respect their toughness, but like, I just don't want to watch it. So I hate the fast forward button. But Jack Jester, he is the king of insanity now of ICW. So congratulations to him. Go to your happy prize. Priceline. The next was a singles match with uh, one of my favorites from NXT UK, Shaw Samuels versus Jackie Polo, also known as DCT. And Jackie Polo had his manager or second, Denise, out there. Uh, Shaw Samuels, I loved. like I said, loved him from NXT UK. Loved his team with Noam Dar. They were such a great twosome uh, when... uh, When they debut the Supernova Sessions on NXT UK with Noam Dar, I was like, I don't know about this. A little too cheesy for my taste, you know. But it ended up being a great segment. You know, the Roddy Piper-esque Piper's Pit segment. And you had the freaking cocky and arrogant little punk Noam Dar. And then you had like... Shaw Samuels there, the Ed McMahon, but the asshole Ed McMahon and their chemistry is just was so great. Here he's a baby face versus Jackie Polo. Jackie Polo I've seen in um uh uh ICW four, but most of the time he was just doing promos. Wasn't really in the ring much. I didn't get a real feel for his his work, his working ability, but he's a fun worker to watch. He's old school looking, uh, blonde, peroxide hair, good bumps. I think he took some great bumps for uh, uh, a Shaw Samuels. Um, I want to see him wrestle more. You know, um, you know, he's heavier guy, but yeah, kind of has that old school like '60s look body, right, of a wrestler. And you now you're probably like, well, look at you're talking about these other guys' looks. they you they got to get shape and blah blah. blah. Jackie pulls a heel here and it just works, right? It, it works with a package of this goofy, slimy dude that's does all he can to cheat the win, etc. He has his manager, Denise, who I thought she was also very good. Um, I want to see more of her. Uh I just uh and shot Sam is, like I said, just just super charismatic, you know, can do it all, heel, baby showed that here. And this was a fun little match, you know. Um, So, yeah, super excited to see Shaw was again. I, I was really, you know, bummed to hear that, you know, he didn't go to. They were going to. I don't think he signed with NXT. I, I don't know. But, you know, like, lies these guys and have families, you know. And it's a big, I know, it's a big, you know, thing. Like, hey, we want you over here. And it's hard to you to leave your family. Or it's, it's, a, or, you know, or, or, is you know, it's just, it's tough. It's a tough situation. But hopefully, old, uh, old Vince McMahon doesn't ruin the, the, the plans that are already laid in place. But hopefully, uh, NXT Europe happens again, you know, does come together. And, uh, I'm sure, for sh- I'm sh- sure, Shaw will be back on that brand because, um, And with with Noam Dar as well, and because those guys are just money together. And you had like the said Noam Dar, one of the best wrestlers in the world, with Shaw Samuels, and just so charismatic. And you just loved his character. Um, Yeah, I would. I can't wait those guys Uh, come back to uh, NXT uh, Europe, and also back together because they're fantastic. So fun little match, Uh, exactly what it really needed to be. Uh, next up was a last man standing match. ADM, which stands for Alexander Darwin um uh, wrestled his former proje, Dylan Thorne. Um, ADM, he's like this cult leader. He has a group called The Manifesto. Uh, the other members wrestled earlier in a dark match that didn't air on the show. And, you know... It's a low rent basically low rent Kevin Sullivan uh, low rent bray riot, you know just all him the cult stuff that we've seen before and a lot of it has to do with ADM just because he's just this very tall, pale, goateed lanky dude with you know long hair and he looks like a strung out drummer from a garage band. And you just, when you see that guy, he's tall, but you don't see like, oh, you're a pro wrestler. You can believe he's a, you know, in a band, but I don't believe you're a pro wrestler. And yes, you know, he's trying to, you know, he has a, he has a, he does have a cult leader look. (laughs) He does have that. But when it comes to like in the ring, I just don't, I don't believe him. And his work is not, not, not there um, Dylan Thorne is, you know, there's potential there, but has some bad habits in my opinion. Um, still works like an indie guy, right? Uh, really needs more experience working with better people. Uh, this match starts as last man standing match. We already saw a king of insanity. We saw chairs being used already. Ladders already used already. And this match, you end up bringing out a ladder and, and a chair and, they already, we've already seen that a few times like it doesn't matter but um early on the match the dark match that didn't air which featured a manifest so they came out that you know and the bayface team they they, they wrestled they got involved and started fighting each other and all this was was just for uh Dylan Dylan thorn to hit a dive out on a big group of people and and he nearly busted his ass hard on that On that dive out, um, you know, he's going for that Liger dive, jump, hold the top rope, flip over. But he didn't let go of the top rope and he just went down and he nearly hit his lower back on the on the ring apron, which he did before, I believe, on square go, which looked brutal as hell. But, you know, I'm, I'm guessing he held on because there's no room out there. There's a really narrow area at ringside. So scrap that dive the way you want to do it and just go to the top rope and jump off them, right? Just jump and jump, jump down on them because it just, and you can control it better and, you know, plan more to, to land where you need to land. But when you're trying to flip and then hold on because you don't want to shoot out to hit the crowd, it's probably not a good thing, right? I mean, uh, maybe he wasn't thinking, just did it. And I know I understand that happens. Trust me, I do, but you know, you really got, I mean, I mean you, should, you got to think that before then, right? I'm sure, obviously, that's, that was called. So, and you called in the back. I'm sure a lot of these guys aren't going out there just calling it in the ring anymore, which is sad. It's a lost art in itself. But so I'm sure this was discussed. Obviously, you needed everyone out there to be there to catch you. So when you're looking at it, maybe don't be like, you know what? I'm gonna do this dive, or I'm gonna just do a flip with the top over the top rope. And I'm holding the rope, but like you can tell, you don't have much room out there, right? So just, I don't know, just common sense, people. Anyways, the the people outside outside the ring, they they end up fighting off, and they're gone. You know the typical stuff you see all the time. Uh, Dylan Thorne hit a boss man slam on an ADM, and Thorne looks like a decently tall guy, and. But he's also a thin, thin guy as well. Not as thin as ADM, but it just it's just it, uh, that move just looked ridiculous. The boss man slam by a guy of a of you know of Dylan Thorne's size. You know, he's the, the boss man slam used to be a fur guy that's a big, huge guy, right? Like a big boss man. Um, I love the boss man slam. I would I remember one time I gave it to one of my uh, the guys that was working for me. This uh, kid Dan Danielson who had. Big kid, stocky kid, but he was like six foot two, can move really well in the ring, he's green as grass, but he just just a lot of potential there, right? And you on the India level at the time, he just didn't have a lot of guys that size. He reminded me of you know, physically looking like a young Terry Batman Gordy. And I was giving him a bit of a push. And featuring him because I saw the potential there and I saw someone I can mold and guide along and give him matches and uh, give him some short matches to get over and eventually work his way to work with some veterans to kind of help his progress a- along. And then, you know, and I remember, <laughs> you know, talking with him. I was like, you know what? You need a finisher. And I said, what about the boss man slam? And he's like, you mean like Morishima? I said, I don't know, motherfucker, like the Boss Man Slam. That's why I'm like, you know, to the side and down. You know, and he does it, and like apparently Morishita, Morishima would do it, but sit out with it and land on his butt and look like shit. And I was like, yeah, never mind. it will figure something else out for you. And it just drove me insane. Like, no one can do that. No one can do the Boss Man Slam. It just it seems so easy, but... No one can do it, or even the sidewalk slam version, where like Mister Hughes would grab a guy and by the armpits and up and down. Fuck yeah, that move was awesome looking. But here we have little Dylan Thorne doing fucking boss man slams. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious! It's like when I watched Wrestle Kingdom the other day. First two matches featured spears between the two smallest guys in the company. So, some matches some moves are just better done by the bigger men, and you know it's it's and some of the and some moves are best done by the little guys and seeing a guy do a spear who's only five foot you know four just doesn't look impressive to me, so anyways, so again, like they say they brought out a chair, they brought out a ladder, we've already seen both of those um that just caused me to kind of hit the fast forward button right there. Uh, the finish <laughs> was Dylan Thor had a chair and hit ADM with it. Boom. Then threw the chair at ADM who catches it, turns his face, holds the chair to his face. So Dylan Thorne can jump up and give him the old van jumping van, Terminator, whatever the f- hell that thing's called. And it looked like crap because you clearly saw ADM catch the chair, Turn his head, put it to his face. It just looked, you know, looked phony baloney, man. And then (laughs) after that happens, they both go down. And it's a double down and a double count. And Dylan Thorne makes his way to his feet before ADM and wins the match and wins the last man standing match. And but what doesn't make sense is that why is Dylan Thorne down here? Like I clearly saw you on your feet pick up a chair, slam your opponent with the chair. I clearly saw you pick up the chair, throw it, hit a jumping kick. And all of a sudden you're down too. like, it made no damn sense, man. My gosh. So yeah, really bad match, man. I just did not like this one at all. And, and, um, um, yeah, it's definitely one you can probably skip. Um, yeah. Next match was uh for the 0G championship. Uh the champion Daz Black versus Theodaros. Um like like both these these are two one of my two of my favorites that I really enjoy. And um ICW Daz Black I talked about him before. Um, one of the best young workers out there, tremendous lurk. To me reminds me of a a young Rick Steamboat. Um, a or even if you just combined it, Jay Youngbug and Rich Siebel together, like in, in this good looking kid, um, fantastic athlete, solid promo. Um, but I want this kid to really focus on selling. I want him to, you know, a great athlete, do a lot of moves, but like, dude, you have that look that people, they, you have, these people want to root for you. They want to cheer you. They want to see you succeed. And you're going to get the heel, so much heat for just, if you just would sell, sell, sell for a good amount of time for that heel and build that heat and build up to the, your comeback, people will blow because they just, just you have that look that people just want, you know, want to cheer you on and see you win. Um. So my 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 recommendations to you is Daz Black if you're listening out there. Watch Tito Santana. Watch Rick Martel as a baby face. Watch him as a heel as well. Fantastic worker. Uh, Ricky Morton, obviously. Uh, 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 Rick Steamboat. Um, you know, if you want me to send you matches, I will happily do that to you. I, you know, I just see there's so much w- w- world of potential in you. And you're, you're, I want to s- see you succeed. I don't want to see you fall into this trap of, you know, I know you're young and, and, You know, that's all you know, right? But don't be afraid of the past. Study those masters, those Bayface masters. You know, study Bayface Ted DiBiase. Um, Study these guys. Uh, Study a younger, uh, like 1985, 86 Terry Taylor. Um, And those guys are selling their ass off. And the crowd's rumbling. And they're, and they're waiting they're waiting those ba- bay face. They want those bay face to keep fight back, and they do. And then they're behind them. I mean, you know, that's what you need to be. And Theodorus is another good, good young athlete, good little heel, uh, great look. Um, this match, I was looking forward to, this, but I was a disappointed one because the finish got flubbed up, and but they they, they were on to something early. Doris, you know, Doris quickly single legged and went to work on Black's left leg, trying to, you know, ground the high flyer. You know, good story. Doris hits his flying elbow, drop, uh, on Black, and Black kicks out, and that was a big moment, because that's one of, uh, uh, Doris's big moves, but it was early on. Um, you know, Daz was trying to sell the leg, but still do lots of athletic stuff, and he would just be selling it, do a bunch of moves, have a little flurry, look perfectly fine and then oh oh sell again you know so it's just sometimes you got to cut shit out that you want to do and um you know change it up a bit but god this kid has so much potential um like i said just needs to work with uh, some veterans and just needs to study 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 don't be studying a lot of guys today like well, everyone's doing the same things right just study the past find out what made things work. You know. Uh, the finish was. uh Theodorus locked on the figure four. Um, it was. by And he looked like he was going to get the submission. But but they rushed. They rushed everything here. First of all. Doris locks on the figure four. And right away. The As Black is. Rushing and reversing it. And gets the reversal. You got to milk that shit. Let him lock it on. You fight to get the reversal, but you, the the heel clamps down and you go you go down again. The referee counts your shoulders. Oh man! And you're starting to trying to do the game, but you go back down. Right? The heel clamps down again. Right? And then and eventually and eventually you start oh, fucking wheeling those people and getting those people rumbling, shaking. Come on, man! Help me reverse this! Help me! Help me find that extra that extra thing I need to reverse this figure four. And you start doing it, you get slowly, you getting, you're, you're slowly turning, you're slowly turning, you're slowly turning. And then the heel, the referee's like, you know, in a neutral position, both you guys, right? And maybe you get the reversal, you know, you get the reversal, or maybe you don't. Maybe the referee kind of like takes his eye off the ball just a bit and the, and the and the heel can grab the rope and reverse back and then lock on the submission. But what happened here was, one, it was rushed. None of that happened. And then when the referee, who who really messed up the the finish, in my opinion, at the end, he, you know, gets down and he's, you know, looking, he's head to head with Daz Black, but he's facing towards Theodoros. So Theodoros is locking, like, grabs the top rope for leverage and Daz Black submits, but it looked like, Bullshit because the referee could clearly see Theodorus hold the rope. And they clearly see he's purposely not noticing it. And because he was, out of the, he was in the wrong position, his back should have been to Theodorus. And what you do there is you have the figure four. The referee is in a neutral position. like Because as he sees... <coughs> You know, Daz starting to reverse it and getting close to reversing it, he should be checking. Now he's now you see the, the the pain is now being switched over to Theodoros as 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 the moves being reversed. So the referee's in a neutral position. But when Theodoros is able to reverse it back, the referee then needs to shift, look directly at Daz Black because the pain is now directly all on Daz Black the baby face so the referee's backs towards the heel and now cuz his focus attention on the on the who the, the holds on so <coughs> if you got like a rear naked choke in MMA the referee's not talking to the guy going doing the choke or focusing on him he's he's concentrating making sure that that guy's going to tap that's the, getting the getting the choke on him is going to attack or He's not sitting there looking at, you know, the guy giving the hold. So that's when the heel grabs the, grabs a rope and the referee doesn't see it. And Dad's black has to (coughs) tap because the pain is too much. Excuse me. One man shows, man. I guess the little number on my throw every once in a while. And so the, the finish was all, all, all wrong here. And really a big bummer for me because I was really looking forward to this match. And I, and I thought they, again, a lot of matches on the show. You, <laughs> you could get more time to this to tell a, a better story. Um, this, this, I don't know if there's producers there slash agents, whoever. Um, I'm sure there's a booker there, but I don't know. like There needs to be someone that's going to be like, hey, help these guys. With their match and and kind of make sure like say okay I, I get what you're doing with the figure four spot but don't r- don't rush it, work it, you know. But I don't know if there was anyone there that 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 does that for them. So, um, but yeah. So again, though, no, I do like both these a lot, and I always stop to watch their matches on um, on ICW. Next up was the main event. The ICW Heavyweight Championship match is a four-way elimination. So we started off with a six-way ladder match. Now we're ending with a four-way elimination match for the title. Uh, The story leading up to this match from their video package that they had, Kez Evans, who's a a really good worker, a great heel, um, had been, uh, you know, been champion for a long time and has been making the ICW owner's life miserable. So to get some revenge on the... uh, on the uh on kez Evans, the uh the owner, the company, books Evans, the defense title, in this four-way elimination match. And I don't like that at all. You're putting the the babyface focus on the owner instead of the should have been this match should have been a, should not have been a four-way. It should have been strictly Kez Evans, the champion defending against Leighton Buzzer, who won who won the uh square go and earned the right for a title whenever he shot he wanted to. And that should have been your focus leading into this this pay per view this this big event. Um, to me, the four way just clutter things up, and you know, Stevie James and Craig Anthony are fine, but but they don't need to be in this match, right? They could have been in a in a little singles match early in the show or on the TV show before. Um, this event, maybe on their, their fight club show, the one that airs before this one, and like be a number contendership match. And whoever wins that match faces the winner of Leighton Buzzard and Kez Evans. But the focus of this build should have been on on Leighton's quest for the title and going for Kez Evans. Not nothing to do with the the owner. It just it does nothing for Leighton Buzzard, who's a hell of a talent. Um And one of my favorites to watch there, along with Kez Evans. So I felt like it just kind of robbed me as a viewer because I'm like, oh man, a four way, and and but you know, keep open mind. Keep an open mind here, as I always do with every match. (laughs) Um, But it's I was really disappointed this one, though. There was some great stuff in it. There was some. There was. They had some great stuff there to like. Oh, man, to make a magical moment. Um, and I'll, we'll talk about it as we go along. But this match, you know, starts off typical four-way, every, breaks down, everyone's, you know, two guys go out, two guys are in, you know. You we know, see every time, right? Um, it eventually broke down to Stevie James and Craig Anthony, and they're together, and they're just throwing some, honestly, some really embarrassing-looking punches in the middle of the ring. Uh... Craig Anthony went to the top rope, but he lost his footing. He looked like he was going for a moonsault. Lost his footing. Re- reset himself as... <laughs> Stevie James is just watching him do this without doing anything about it. He just watched him reset himself, and 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 Craig Anthony does that. And without even looking back to see where his opponent is, he just does his moonsault, because that's the spot he was going to go for anyways. And Stevie James super kiss him, like... If I'm Stevie James, like okay, cut it out. We're kind of the moonsault. I'm just gonna hit you from the back because you slipped. Cut you off here because it's not the finish, right? It's not the finish. You're just cutting the guy off or taking over. You know, you know. There's no need to do the go to the spot. Like it's not gonna be a big. It's not a big deal. It's not gonna people are not gonna remember like oh man, remember he moonsaulted. Like no, yeah, you know, they, it's not unique anymore, right? So it just cut him off and get to it right it's just and people like laughed at that point because they saw like this guy in and the craig and he's like a baby face right so i'm like uh ah, yeah yeah why can't it just be kez evans versus layton buzzard my goodness um layton buzzard is a slip dive with a top rope uh on everyone at ringside and he just clearly clears the top rope hits the guys on the floor but then <laughs> carries carries on over the guardrail and just lands on his feet it was like the coolest thing like totally like i I, mean, I don't think he was i don't know maybe he was planning that or he had that planned or or what but it's almost like i, I thought he's gonna go oh shit did i just do that right now but it felt, it felt like he played off really well like, like cool as hell and obviously i mean we see dive outs all the time it's not special anymore but i was i was admit that was probably one of the coolest dive outs i've seen in a very very long time uh because when he i saw him go with top rope i said oh shit he's that's not gonna be good and he lands on his feet like a cat and i'm like damn dude uh it was really cool to see um evan then rolls uh, craig anthony um oh excuse me uh soon after that uh Uh, Leighton Buzzard hits a, uh, uh, was we hit like a oh, superplex on the top rope on Stevie James and then Kez Evans came off with the splash, it's like you know, the powerplex deal. But when Kev, Kez Evans hit, boom, he kind of just rolls off, goes on his back, and then Craig Anthony does this like flippity do splash and just crushes Kez Evans. That didn't look fun at all. Um, <laughs> like when Kez, like, he just kind of rolled over. Like, I I, understand, I think I understand what he's trying to do is hitting the splash. Oh, my God. The, the momentum hurt him as much as it, it hurt Stevie James, who was taking the splash. And that's how he, he couldn't go for the cover. So, he rolled over in pain. But it just didn't look like that. <laughs> it just looked like, boom, splash. Oh, I need to be in this position to take this, uh, to get this, catch this guy for giving me a splash. It, that's what it looked like to me. Um uh kez evan and craig Annie fought on the outside eventually ended up on the second level of this building um in this balcony and area vip seats i guess it looked like pretty cool spots for a wrestling show if i was you know that i mean that's where i would want to be Up uh, where these people were at because you could see everything and it was cool cool spot at a table there you got your food and drinks I man that, that was the best setup i, I want to be in that seat right there watching this this show um Kez Evans and, and and Craig Anthony are fighting in one of those booths, and and you know the cameras on the floor looking up at him, and you see Kez Evans just press slam Craig Anthony, and he just tosses him over the 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 second deck, and you just see him fall into a sea of people like holy shit. And I thought, man, that was nuts, and man, that's a great way to get him out of the match without pinning him. You could, you know, I would assume they were going to do a, the. the the stretchers gonna come out and all that and and you know the cameraman eventually made his way up to the top and he's looking down at Craig Anthony on the floor and he could see all the other people that caught him on the on the ground as well. And it was uh <laughs> it was uh it was it was cool looking, but then nothing happened. Okay. Like they didn't show anyone. I'm like, why are they showing us like he's been taken out? Or why are they announcing that he can't continue? They didn't, they didn't say anything. And yeah. Well, before then, Kez Evans and Steve Stevie James ends up inside the ring. You know, uh, Kez Evans ends up uh, uh, stomping uh James, J- Stevie James in the head. Oh, and uh, you know, then he gets out brass knuckles and and uh punches uh you know, he's hiding this from the referee. referee's brass knuckles, right? He's hiding this from the referee. I don't know why. You just fucking threw a guy off a balcony and didn't get disqualified. We saw people get hit people hitting people with chairs, they didn't get disqualified, and you're hiding freaking brass knuckles from this referee. <laughs> and he hits Steve James with the brass knuckles, pins him, and, and Stevie James is eliminated, right? All of a sudden, Craig Anthony is back on his feet, and he's coming through the crowd towards the ring. What the fuck? Bro, you just got thrown over a balcony to the floor. I know. People broke your fall, right? Thank goodness. But still, like, and this guy, he's not a big guy. He looks like, you know, Indie worker number six on, you know, the local card, uh, two blocks, two, two towns down. He doesn't look like, you know, a, anyone that could take that and, and survive it. He didn't look like a crazy man like a Mick Foley or uh, who else? Sabu or something like that. He just looks like, like I said, wrestler number six on the indie show. And. <laughs> He's out there making a comeback. He fell off the fucking balcony. <sighs> now I don't blame Craig Anthony. Well, I do. I I, I blame him because he should know better and be like, "Listen, dude, I'm not. You know, you get thrown on the balcony. I'm done. If I go off, like it just it just makes me people forget my bump I did and means nothing. After I if I get my back my feet, like if I'm eliminated and like that and there's a nice revenge match you gotta have with kez evans in the future right like you can play off of the guy, This craig anthony could be from that bump can be out for six months craig kez evans could talk about that how he tossed him out the balcony how he ended craig anthony's career How he's gonna you know back to domination in icw etc 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 and then you can, you know, follow up with Craig Anthony about maybe like a couple months later after the after this event and talk to him. He could be in a neck brace and, you know, talk about his injuries. You could, you know, show MRIs that he had of discs being, you know, you could do some shit. And like, oh, man, you know, this is how I feed my family with wrestling. And now, you know, you blah, know, blah, blah. And then eventually makes a big surprise comeback or, you know. And you're off to the races. Nice program, right? No, <laughs> all that was future business was blown out the window because he came back in this match. And I'm like, oh my god, dude! I almost fucking hit stop because, dude, thrown off the balcony, people. Man, that could have been a big, a big return, dude. Like, what is going on? Whoever the booker is, should have nipped that in the, in the butt. Like, dude, like. Wait, wait. You're gonna get thrown off the balcony. And after this guy gets eliminated, you're coming back? Like, what the fuck? Like, no. Let's not do that. We're not gonna do the, the balcony spot. If you're coming back, you know, it's just stupid. Really frustrating. Really frustrating for me when I watched watched it that. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Um it's just <laughs> Uh, Buzzard, he goes for the 450 splash onto Craig Anthony, but Anthony moved, and Leighton landed on his feet, but then, like, started selling his knee. Really good sell. Um, Referee's over there talking to him, and it it looks like Leighton can't even move out of that corner. But I didn't like the way... I I like Leighton selling, but I just don't like the... All of a sudden, like, the referee's talking to him, and it's almost like in a way where, like, something wasn't supposed to happen happened an unfortunate injury now it's going to put this whole match and and what they had planned out in jeopardy that's what it felt like like you know it like all of a sudden you know, I don't know it's just i didn't like that i didn't like that at all i didn't like that, so that's how it was kind of being played um in my opinion that's what i saw uh so it was evans and you know craig anthony at this point Layton can't do anything uh, uh, Evans, you know, kicks Craig Anthony in the head, and then this time he just pulls out the brass knuckles. and He just he's looking at Leighton Buzzard who can't do anything because he's hurt. And he just punches the back of the head of uh <laughs> Craig Anthony, like, haha, you can't do anything, and boom. I'm like, well, fuck Leighton Buzz- it's a four way elimination, every man for himself. He wants you to pin that guy because Leighton Buzzard, a- <laughs> one more man down, makes it easy for him, right? Even though he is hurt at this point. I don't know. It just, I I wasn't, uh, I didn't like that at all. So now Kez Evans is you know eliminated. Both Steve James and Craig Anthony. Now he's turning his sights on to, to late buzzer crowds. Crowds getting with it, getting up. Yeah, you know, there's a great crowd all night. They they love their ICW wrestling. Um, I, I don't, but some of the stuff I just think would just drive me insane. <laughs> uh, and then I, all of a sudden like they mentioned earlier that Layton Buzz's mom was here and eventually she ended up at ringside and Kez Evans is jaw jacking with her and, and she was, she was great. Layton Buzz's mom was, she was jaw jacking him back, you know, <laughs> like he cussed at him. They're cussing back and forth and, and, and then eventually she, he says something that, Really put her over the edge she takes her beer, she throws it in the face of Kez Evans, Kevin just takes a little stumble back, turns around, big desperation suplex uh sorry, super kick by Leighton Buzzard Leighton Buzzer's like, oh people, and people blew, dude, they're like, oh, that was awesome, right They're on their feet, they're rumbling, and Leighton Buzzard looks around and he starts making his way to the top ropes, going for that big four fifty hits it one, two kick out i could not believe this they had the people in the palm of their hands right there for that oh man and they lost the momentum a bit they still reacted big for the tile change late buzzer does win no, no spo- spoiler here but um but they had it right there that was the moment there, there was, there was going to be. There's gonna be no bigger moment than that, right? Like, oh, they, they, that should have been it. And this is why I go back to like I love this moment. From here on, this, I, I, you know, other than you know this little piece until the kick out of the forfeit day, I love it. The stuff with the mom and everything, like that's why i say saying this should have been a singles match. This should have been Leighton's quest. Um, you could establish like <laughs> segments at home with Layton and how much this means to him about winning the title and all the sacrifices he's made and how he you know moved you know moved out to Scotland to you know to wrestle for ICW and you know, work his way out the card. And yeah, he wasn't the, the nicest guy in the world, but he did what he had to do. But, you know, he earned respect from the fans and, and in turn, he ends up respecting the fans as well. And, you know, and, you know, he's, you know, introduces his mom and introduces her and how much she's so proud of him and, and what he's accomplished. And she, she believes in her heart that he's going to win the title and he's going to beat Kez Evans, you know, and, you know, I just, a little personality profile and like to set this up. And then eventually you have this thing, the big singles match. And then, and then, um, you know, you show the mom at ringside she's here, you know, she's here supporting her son Layton. And then, you know, there's that big injury from, uh, Layton hurts his knee. He's just, you know, his back's out. And you know, he's on the, he's on the verge of losing, because Evans is such a nasty heel, and he's enjoying seeing Leighton Buzzard, the, the, the guy that's been the thorn of his side, the guy that's been saying he's gonna take the title from him, he's gonna aim to his reign. He's just now he's just really enjoying beating the hell out of this guy and just you know, making him feel every shot. And then he he notices uh Mama Buzzard at ringside. Who's a tremendous worker, by the way? The Buzzards are good workers. <laughs> That's a good working family. Right. She was great. Right? Maybe in the match, Leighton also gets to have some color. Gets some blood. You know, gets slanting. head slam the ring post. All needs be. Comes up bloody. Right? Not only is he has an injured wheel or injured back, he has a, he's bleeding as well. Kez sees, you know. The mom side, ringside. And, and she, you know, of course, she's getting all fired up. You know, she's like, come on, Leighton, come on. Right? She's more concerned about her son. And finally, like, Kez gets out there, drags Leighton out there as well. Looks at her, his mom, and he just kind of holds him bloody. You know, this is your boy, huh? This is the one, you, the one you believe in? Boom, he's just punching him. Punching Leighton kicking him down. He can't beat me on the best. I own this company. I am the I am this company. Blah blah blah. blah. No one's gonna beat me for this title. Blah blah blah. blah. Right? Picks up late news just fucking on his last leg. Looks like he's just gonna be just can't bear hold himself up. Kez takes him grabs him by the back of the neck, grabs his trunks and just chucks him back in the ring. And Kez starts, you know, Looking around, getting some heat from the crowd, and he just looks at the mom. He goes, "I'm just gonna, I'm gonna beat him down. I am gonna finish him. You are gonna spend the rest of your days taking care of your son, feeding him his food, because I am gonna end him, end his dream, end his wrestling career right here, right now, right in front of you." You fucking bitch, you know, you know, or something like that. And then, because, you know, hey, I still, they, 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 they allowed the cussing. So I'm just, you know. And then she just goes, fuck you. You know, she's fucking like smack, you know, throws her beard right in his face. Or, no, no, excuse me. Sorry. I have a wrong position there. But, like, you know, he's just like jack with her. And she's like, fuck you. Fuck you. Kez gets starts getting back in the ring, turns around and goes, no, fuck you. And then she, Fucking like throws that beer, drink right in his face. Now he stumbles back like he did in this match. Now he hits, Layton hits that desperation super kick. Boom. And, and now he goes to the top row. 450. One, two, three. The people would have blown, man. Oh, man. But they didn't do that. They kicked out of the 450. Uh, Evans hits a low blow on Layton followed by a power driver gets the two count as Well, now it's just getting stupid. Kez hits a gosh power driver again. Then his Layton with brass knuckles, but Layton just barely gets his shoulder up for a two count. And Layton, you know, he finally gets revenge, hits the low blow on Kez, gets the brass knuckles, hits Kez, hits his rock bottom finisher move and was the title, but it was not as impressive as, the 450 and and coming soon after because that's that's the that's the moment boom the jaw jack of the mom the throwing of the drink in the Kez Evans face the super kick right the moment the, the taking a beat by uh, Leighton Buzzer to look at the crowd and, and, and realize he has he just needs to hit that big shot and he does and he wins the title and the people go nuts but just extending this and overbooking this finish just, just brought it down. There's a pot, like I said, pot 41 on the tile. People were happy to see the tile change. Evans did hold the belt for a very long time. But, man, dude, that place was about to just carry off Leighton Buzzard on his shoulder. And his mom, too, after he hit that 450. And then that would have been the pinfall. So, ah. Ah, man there's a moment like there, but they missed, they missed, missed a half of a latent new champion, great talent, great promo. Um, that kid has really worked itself, really worked hard. I've, you know, seen him grow in ICW, um, you know, from just doing, you know, zero G matches to get himself in better shape and, um, turning baby face and just, he's been been great. So I'm, happy for him and um uh, kez evans you know good heel and he'll be fine and, and be on top of the card still and it could have had a nice program for him in a few six months with trey any coming back from being paralyzed off being thrown off the balcony but superman keith had to come back and yeah 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 anyways i hope everyone enjoyed the take it on podcast this week um a lot of fun going, getting back to kind of you know reviewing a, a show like this. So we'll definitely be doing more in the in the, the near future. Um, definitely want to get my buddy uh, Baby Huey back. We had a great time talking about the hits and the misses of uh, the the recent hires and and or rehires from Triple H and WWE. That was a fun show. So go back check that out. Um, what'd you think about this? ICW, if you're a little, did you see it? What you think? You agree with what I said? Disagree? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, at JL. That's L- L-A-R-O-C-C-A-J-L. Um, love to hear your feedback. And if you have any other shows you want me to check out, review, let me know as well. Have a great weekend. Take care, everyone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.